episode 271 of the Sleeper and the Busted is a Sunday edition. I am Paul Spore, joined as always on Sundays by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going, man? Uh, it is not bad. Uh, home improvement hear. weekend, some uh, getting some uh, jogging in, first long runs and surgery. Uh, so if I sound a little winded, you can blame that. But other than that, pretty good going to Fenway Park tomorrow night. So I'm looking forward Very to that. Nice. Yep. Yankees versus Red Sox. I don't. It's impossible for both teams to lose. But <laughs> I am. I am. I will be enjoying the sweet life in the company suite. So I am looking forward to it. And still cool to go to, even even though it's annoying that every single one has to be on TV, especially when one of the teams is garbage. Um, but yeah. Going, I, I would. I still wouldn't turn that down at all. By the way, Home Improvement Weekend, that's awesome. Did you guys watch from the beginning of the first season of Home Improvement all the way through, or was it? Just the Pamela Anderson series. Okay, yeah, yeah, just when she was the the uh, the helper on the show. Got it. The Tool Time Girl. Yeah, the Tool Time Girl, and then it became. No, actually, in all honesty, I am going through a closet that I loaded when we moved into this house 14 months ago and haven't looked into it since. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, I'm embarrassing a little bit, but hey, I've actually felt like, oh, that's where that was. Yes, it just never got around to doing it. And this weekend, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So, yeah. Still got a few things like that here. Uh, we're going on, what? Three, three weeks. Three months. <laughs> no, we, oh, three months. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's been a little while. I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not embarrassed by it, but uh, there are still some boxes when people come out. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm still working on it. Don't, don't worry about it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll need – and I'll use baseball for an excuse for everything. Listen, the season, it's tough, man. It's tough to go through four boxes during the season. That's how busy I am. I like to exactly. pump it up. And they don't know. She, you and I will have plenty of time on October 4th to start a backing boxes. Oh, exactly. With our two clubs, no doubt about it. Uh, Jason, we're going to do our, our, our Sunday free form as we like to do. And uh, speaking of my beloved Tigers <laughs> – they're, they're getting smoked, man. They are getting absolutely obliterated. So we're really going to focus on the, the opposition when it comes to the Tigers. They're in Toronto just getting smashed around the yard, 15-1 to 1, uh, yesterday, Saturday. It was only 5-3 to 3 on Friday, but uh, already 6-2. to 2, They got out to a – Jays got out to an early 6-0 lead on the Tigers uh, in the Sunday matinee here. Just hasn't been good for Tigers pitching. You name it, it ain't going well. Uh, Incarnacion is out of his freaking mind, though. We got to talk a bit <laughs> about Edwin. And, you know, because I know the Tigers are out of it, I knew they were when they started trading pieces. It doesn't really bother me. I still watch every game. I watch the entire 15 to 1 massacre. I still want them to win. You know, I've kind of had this discussion with Dana. She's like, well, do you still want them to win? And I explained to her kind of the draft pick situation where I'm like, yeah, you know, I still do. But if they don't, there is a small little thing where they can get a better draft pick. So either way, you know, I'm kind of enjoying that the Jays are just out of their minds right now. So it doesn't bother me all that much that the Tigers are losing. And like I said, Encarnacion's been a huge piece. Three homers on Saturday, a homer already on Sunday, 30 bombs for him. His line is now up to 272, 361, 546. Looks a lot like what we all expected when we drafted him in the first round. Now, I'm not going to say I saw this kind of run coming, but what is what, what, where is the point where when we start kind of bashing guys for their season, it, it, it feels like you can do that in late July, right? You, you, it feels like you can because it's, it's late July. We've been, we've been playing for quite a while now, and we can say, you know, uh, tough season for, for Edwin Encarnacion. He's been good, but he hasn't quite lived up to his draft ranking. That's what the, the talk in July. Well, Fast forward one month, and he has 1,000% you know, lived up to it. He's basically emulating last year, and with a quality September, should actually beat it. So where do you stand on that? Like, What's a good time to maybe start saying that? Or can you just never do it unless a guy is absolutely being terrible? Like Ian Desmond, no matter how good Ian Desmond is, and he's been great for the second half, he can't really get out of the hole that he set. But Encarnacion didn't right. set that kind of hole. So where do you stand? Well, on especially that? when he because he was hurt for a little bit there too, mm -hmm. and that really worked. That really worked against him. But to date, in August, Encarnacion is batting 402 with a 458 on base percentage and a 927 slug. That's not <laughs> an OPS. That is his slugging percentage this month. And, and he's a first. He's a free, he was a first round draft pick this year. He went uh, in the top 10 in just about every draft that I saw him, I uh, for this reason. Now. 
and you, I mean, people, they were trying to kick dirt on him in July, but he's one of these guys, you, you're never going to bench him, so it doesn't matter. But he was playing hurt for a while there. And now that he's healthy, boom, if you want to kick dirt on guys and look at him and say, what the hell? Yeah, you can definitely do that with Ian Desmond. You could do that with Evan Longoria, and if you haven't, you should be uh, by now. I mean, that is a disaster of a season. I think um, last I looked, uh, Logan Forsythe has more runs driven in than Evan Longoria. It's just, uh, you know, he is what he is now uh, to this point. But it's it's really disgusting what Encarnacion is doing right now, fully healthy. Uh, he and Josh Donaldson both have 11 home runs this month. Um, only Nelson Cruz has bested uh, bested uh, those two. And it's just amazing what what he's doing right now. But that's why you drafted him for, in the first round, because you leave him in there for 26 straight weeks. Unless he goes into the stable list, you, he's not a guy you have to worry about. Yeah. Fourth straight year that he's hit 30 home runs. He doesn't even need a decent September to surpass what he did last year. He's going to exceed the value. He's going to earn. He's going to earn what you drafted him at. Yes, he he really is. And that's great about Encarnacion. I want to talk about Cruz as a branch off here because you mentioned him. And this was a guy that I went out early in in April and and did my Mia Culpa tour on on how wrong I was about him. I just – I discounted him. I did not – consider him and it wasn't because I didn't think his power would play or anything like that I've always said you know he's an everywhere power type of guy I just missed it I just missed the boat with him for whatever reason and Nelson Cruz has has done an amazing job proving a lot of people wrong there were some backers I can't remember them or I would totally name them out uh, give them their due but there were backers who were saying you know Corey what? Schwartz still going to the well with him yes Corey was one I'm still Corey going took him in to the third well. round in a mock draft that you were in yeah. you took Josh Donaldson that round and he took Nelson Cruz I think we're both pretty happy uh yeah <laughs> and, and and but you know he wasn't Cruz was not consistently going in the third round he wasn't falling you know off the map I feel like it, it was the one of those begrudging picks where he would drop to somebody in like the fifth round and they, that guy would be like, I mean, I guess I got to take him because, you know, he hit 40 bombs last year and there's some hype on Seattle, but he wasn't given the love that he deserved. Having another amazing season. What have you seen from Cruz lately? Uh, and, and how do we value him next year now after back-to-back 40 homer seasons? All right. Here's the thing. I don't know what we can do because this year, you know, I will, I, I this is my mea culpa for Cruz because I refused to do it back in April and May because he start last year in April and May he and then, was amazing and then he had a Home cold run. June this year too so you were almost well, seeing the same pattern yeah last year he had a cold June a cold July a cold August a cold September so he did. Half of his 40 home runs came before uh, before June 1st last year. So then we started off in, in June this year. I'm like, okay, here we go again. But then he's picked up, and then this month he's been disgusting. Uh, like I said, he's got more home runs than anybody else in, the, in, in baseball right now. Uh, and when you look at everything, you know, he's not it's not like he's taking more walks or making more. He's making a little more out of zone contact, but he's just hitting the crap out of the ball. He has a 30-30% home run to fly ball ratio. <laughs> You can't I – mean, every other year he's been around – his career best was 21 or 22, and then this year it's 30. Nobody, even his agent, could not have predicted a 30% home run rate while going from Baltimore to Seattle. You just couldn't see that coming. If you take that home run rate and normalize it back to where he's been for his career, then he then he has he's going to have a tough time breaking 30, which is what I said. I said, you know, 30 is going to be really tough for him. 25, 75, and a 260 average is kind of where I see him. I was way off. So I'm sorry if you listened to my advice and passed on Cruz because of my pessimism. But who amongst us is going to predict a 30% home run rate going to that ballpark? No, that's true. That's true. Although with his career rate this year in his fly and his fly balls, he'd have 26. So he'd be looking for 30 with with right. with a solid September. But yeah, I mean that's a far cry from from 30. He's got a career low fly ball rate this year too. That's that's crazy. So when he's lifting it. The, the damage is coming, but he's not even hitting at the uh, over 40% rates that Cruz normally has. So uh, I, I think that's why you're saying that we're going to have a tough time next year, too, because now we're looking at a 30% rate, and now we're looking at a year older. And, you know, if he stays healthy for this year, two very healthy years in a row. And actually, more than that, if you really think about it, because 2012 was 159 games and 2013 was 109, but. That was the PED suspension, so we don't yeah, really know. And then uh, last year was a buck fifty-nine. This year, one hundred twenty-seven already, and and pacing toward another big number. So you know that that health piece he, he has almost kind of outrun that, even in even though he's in his mid-thirties. But that that means it can kind of strike up very quickly out of nowhere when once you get into that uh, mid-thirties range. So it's going to be another tough calculation. 
and I, I think I'm going to end up on the wrong side again, or I'm, I'm going to end up on the same side that I did last time. I don't know if it's going to be wrong, but I'm going to end up on the side where I'm like, eh, I think I'm going to pass. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I just keep passing until he turns 38, and then I'm right. And I'm like, see, told you guys. See, yep. Only, only had to avoid him <laughs> for seven straight years, guys. I know that he had four 40 homer years in a row in his mid 30s but guys i told you that only hit 38 this year so ha only hit 38 and missed 10 games i told you idiots now he's 39 next year definitely not going to draft him that's going to be me in five years talking to nelson cruz uh but no he's he's out of his mind big 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 season uh encarnacion is donaldson is that whole toronto team has absolutely been ridiculous except uh, for Troy Tulowitzki who has been rather terrible weird, since that trade weirdly enough has hasn't been all that good I still didn't like that they moved him out of the leadoff I like him up there I don't think sure I do too uh that you know oh he doesn't like the leadoff that's why he's not performing I don't think it's anything like that we're talking 127 plate appearances not a, not an overwhelming sample um and still a 96 OPS plus so you know uh because he's got a good on base you know, right, right near average there, a hot streak. All of a sudden, those numbers perk up above an 800 OPS, and we never even think about it. So we'll see if he gets cooking. I know they moved him down to five today. We'll see if he's going to stay down there. Uh, Jason, briefly before we kind of move on to a couple other teams, Miguel Cabrera now qualifies for the batting title, and he has a 358 average. I know the Tigers are terrible, but that's not getting enough run. That He's insane. And I know, he, like I said, he just qualified because he missed the time, and that's probably why – uh, it's going a little bit unnoticed, but now that he'll pop up on the leaderboards, I think it'll get his run. He's about 30 points better than anybody else in the league right now. Yeah, and that's another guy that I said, you know, with the, I remember we talked on our, our season preview show, I said, you know, with the knowledge at hand, I can't recommend taking Cabrera in the top 10. Had he not gotten hurt, I would have looked really, really bad saying that. <laughs> I mean, look at the way yeah. the season's had because, because he got injured. The time off has definitely slid him out of the top 10, but I was counting on that happening you know him not starting the season on time not be not losing time within the season as he did so that's the difference but hitters i mean if we had a full if we had a full health record you know no health concerns with him coming into the season he would have been first or second overall pick hands down he like he always is and like he will be again next year okay so he will be again next year who do you think oh yeah i'm taking a first or second next year year. So you're going to consider him and who else? Trout? Are you going to consider Goldie, Harper? How many people are in that consideration? Because I think there were only four. I think those four. I think those four right there. Okay. Because I think there was only the two guys this year. I think people were really only considering Cabrera. And then even Cabrera kind of fell off once uh, once the injury scare kind of pumped, got pumped up there. He was moving to the middle of the first round, maybe in the late first round in some instances. So, yeah, it's going to be more of a wide open field next year. So I think you're going to see kind of a smorgasbord people are going to some are going to take harper some are going to take trout goldie's going to get some run cabrera's going to get some run i can't think that there's anybody else uh who would get legitimate run up there unless people go pitcher again but you know it'd be kershaw if, if it was going to be where does a donaldson and a cruz and an encarnacion go for you then if you're if you're eyeballing it i'm not going to hold you to these right now but where are you thinking those three are going is donaldson a first rounder now yes definitely uh where, where's cruz then not a first rounder. I don't even. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be pessimistic with him again, just because of the way things are gonna come down. I'm gonna put him. He's not in my top. He's not in my top forty. Yeah, I think. I, I think I'm gonna wind up the same. And then Encarnacion, does he bounce out of the first round because of some newcomers, even though he's having a fantastic no. season, or he stays in there? Stays in there. Three straight, thir- four straight, thirty home run seasons, and that lineup around him that that isn't really going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> even it. No, I, I, I can get behind that. I really can. He's so, so freaking good. All right, Jason, let's move on and talk about some other clubs. What, what have you got on tap? I know you got a handful of guys that you want to get out. Let's start with one of those. Um, Joe Kelly is going to win AL Pitcher of the Month. <laughs> Dude, he said that he was going to win the Cy. He was close. He's going to get one-sixth of it, maybe August, August AL Pitcher of the Month. What's going on with Joe Kelly? Uh, really for Joe Kelly, he's getting ahead. I mean, he've had six starts this month. He won all six of them. His ERA for the month was 268. Held batters to a 255 batting average. If you had Joe Kelly at any other time this season, before this, before August, 
Went two and six with a 5.94 ERA, a 151 WHIP. Early on, he was a nice hidden source of strikeouts, mm-hmm. uh, but that was it. But he his, he throws, yes, he throws 95 to 97, but it's straight as an arrow. When he misses a location, he gets crushed. Yeah, and that's really the thing he hasn't done in August. He only allowed three home runs for the entire month. He allowed 11 in his previous 83 innings. He allowed three in 37 innings this month. He had a uh, three homer game in Houston. There so. you go, the first one. So the three, and that was it. That was the; those were the home runs. Uh, so he hasn't allowed a home run in, in, in his past five starts. Uh, looking at his pitch, he stopped throwing that fastball so much and has been going using more changeups and sliders, particularly the changeup. Uh, so he's getting more swing and miss and keeping the ball down. And that, that's really been it. I mean, this is a guy that was freely available. I only, I have oh, him in two yeah. leagues because you know I have a bench and I had him in I had him in two different AL leagues because I had a bench. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna keep him. I, in fact, I had a couple of injuries. I'm like, uh, I'll just keep him in my lineup. Uh, and he's been rolling for me. I mean, six straight wins and, and has really helped me out for that. But honestly, he's going to win pitcher of the month unless David Price does David Price pitch tomorrow? Um, I actually don't Price, Price has, I think, three or four wins. He's got a lower ERA, but you know how these guys vote. I mean, a guy that's won all six of his starts with a mid-two ERA, it really I has mean, to be Joe Kelly. Unless David Price out. has a no-hitter tomorrow. Because their prices, like I said, ZRA is lower. I think he's got three or four wins this month. But Joe Kelly's got a really good case, and nobody saw this one coming. No, no. I don't think anybody uh, – I don't even know that, that he necessarily saw it coming. But, hey, hats, hats off to him. Uh, some, good, some good work out of Joe Kelly. We'll see if it continues. He's got some stuff, like as you mentioned. He's got some stuff. There is some appeal there based on the raw stuff, but he's got to become a better pitcher. And uh, maybe this is a sign of things to come. And if he can kind of continue to show that, I think I will uh, start to jump in more. But but right now, yeah, I'm keeping him at arm's length. I want to talk a brief moment about Josh Tomlin because he's finishing up or just finished up a great outing today. Uh, seven innings, six hits, two runs, eight strikeouts. He has now got uh, eight, seven, six, and five strikeouts in his four starts. Back um, out four next time out? No, no, he's going. He's going the right way. He started with. Oh, five. he's going the right way. Like, yeah, I, I loved your Cole Hamill's tweet the other day you that like he's that? allowed five or three, two, one. So Cole Hamill's shutout, shutout coming this week. Book it. And uh, yeah, so nine strikeouts coming next for Josh Tomlin. So I think I want to pick him up for that nine strikeout start. That's absolutely coming up next. Well, what's going on with him though? I know he doesn't throw hard, so he has to work on on command and control. I think he has some okay secondary stuff, but I actually thought this was somebody who might actually work out for them more in the pen, and he's been starting brilliantly lately. What, are you noticing anything from him? I know, I know you didn't specifically study him uh, for the show, but but anything jumping out to you as to why he's having this run of success with the strikeouts too? He, the thing is, I'm trying to think back in spring training because there was a point where he, they, he got the job. Did he get the job early? Was that McAllister? It was McAllister who got the and job. Salazar lost out, but I said, oh, don't, you know, don't quit on Salazar. Yeah. Stick around with that one. Um, I have not watched him pitch. I'm looking at his numbers right now. Obviously, the numbers are, are rather slick. And um, you know, 188 batting average against over four in four starts or four games. I'm sorry, four games. Um, batting average against is 175, which is extremely low. Um, but is uh, I have not seen him pitch. But when I've seen him pitch in the past, it's been more of really uh, him throwing that splitter and keeping it down in the zone uh, and fading it out on guys. And when I'm looking at everything else, chase rate is uh, slightly above league average right now for him. Yeah. So it works. Actually, I take that back. I hit the wrong button. Um, let me jump back a, a screen with him and go to the right one. And let's, this thing's jumping all around on me today. Well, Stop. Here, here's the huge concern with him. He gave up a homer to Grant Green. He's given up one, three, one, and two. The homers are the problem. Because even last year, oh, Tom he went, anything. Eddie Rosario, he's given up home runs to Ryan Braun, Eddie Rosario, Chris Herman, um, Danny Santana. <laughs> well, he had some great numbers last year, Tomlin did. Uh, 8.1 strikeouts, 1.2 walks for a 6.71 strikeout-to-walk ratio, but a 1.6 homer per nine. And this is only through the three starts um, on baseball reference, but he's got a 2.8 homer per nine ratio, kind of canceling out the nine strikeout-to-walk ratio. So that's going to be the big concern with him. He can't keep the ball in the yard. Uh, and unless he can with any consistency, this is some fool's gold, I think, even with the nice strikeout-and-walk numbers. 
Just if he hangs things, I mean, pitch, pitch classification's all over the place. Uh, yeah. You know, it's showing him throwing a lot of breaking balls, uh, but his chase rate's really high. I mean, for for him, for a pitcher of, of a guy, he's that's why he's throwing all the breaking balls. But when I see a, a chase rate for a guy for him at thirty two percent, that's really strong. Yeah, uh, chase rate chase rate for other relievers aren't isn't anywhere near that, and that's where he's at. So good stuff for him. All right. Well, we'll see what's going on. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on this. I'm not running out to pick up Josh Tomlin even on the heels of this, but well, you uh, know his teammate. What about Francisco Lindor? Dude, out of, of his mind. I know we brought him up. I know we talked about him last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. But his his current August line is now he's hitting 386, 425, 515. <laughs> Two home runs, both in Yankee Stadium, one of which wouldn't have gone out anywhere else. Uh, but yeah. he's gotten seven doubles. And so and he's really been hitting the ball well. And again, we've we've talked about it so many times with these guys. This kid should be in high A or double A based on his age. His glove, he could have been in the major leagues two years ago. Yeah, That's, that's how good he is defensively. The bat, you know, he had an empty batting average in triple A. Um, but August, he's been crushing it. He's absolutely just been destroying, and it's been really impressive for Lindor. I know there was some uh, – I saw some grumbling earlier. He was he was forced to bunt, uh, lay down a sacrifice, and it's like, what are you having? Sheehan. Yeah, Sheehan did not approve. Why are you having this guy sacrifice right now? I, I, get, I definitely get that. Uh, Jason, we've had some struggling studs of late uh, that, that I believe you wanted to hit on. Um, Sam- Jeff Samarja has been kind of a constant struggling stud all year. <laughs> But uh, Felix Hernandez, now Felix Hernandez had a good last start uh, aesthetically. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. But before that, there were some major struggles. And then Max Scherzer hasn't been his Scherzerian self when uh, he was being given given the, the Cy Young in, in a walkaway, uh, you know, uh, recently. You know, as recently as like a month ago. First off, I don't think I think Granke has been the leader in the clubhouse the entire oh, yeah. way. Um, and and. I don't know that it's all that close even when when ZRA is that good. Well, the Kershaw's making it close lately. Kershaw is having a great <laughs> absolutely trying to run him down. I, I get that. But when you have that kind of ERA discrepancy, don't get at me with FIPS. I'm not trying to hear it. But um, what what talk to me about these three cuz all three were expected to be studs. Uh, Felix and Scherzer at the very upper class and Samarja in that next tier and they've all had uh, either substantial to somewhat significant struggles at different periods of the season. Like I said, Samarja kind of all year, Felix and, and Scherzer more recently. I mean, with Samarja, he's the anti-Joe Kelly. He lost all six of his starts in August. Ouch. All six of them lost him. 882 ERA, oh 368 batting average and balls in play, stranded 60, just 60% of his runners is allowing 2.1 homer per nine innings. I mean, that's ass. And this is a guy who's in his walk year. What kind of contract? Uh, what kind of contract is he going to get? I mean, he's still going to get a good contract. That's the thing. Um, I, I think there's going to be teams out there that kind of understand that there's still some pretty impressive base stuff here, uh, and there's going to be a team that thinks that they can kind of make make him back into what he was last year for Samarja. He's but, not keeping the ball down. I mean, this was, we, we talked about it when he when he went over to the White Sox. We're like, look, he's not going to be the ballpark's not going to be forgiving for him. He's got to he's going to have to keep well, the ball down, which has never been a problem for him. That's what I. Th- but the last couple of years, his ground ball rate just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. Well, yeah. Uh, well, last year's when it actually spiked. It was going up, and then t- this year's a huge spike from 50 down to 40. And that's, that's the thing I, that's been yeah. then been problematic for Smarja because I was like, yeah, the ballpark could hurt him, except the fact that he's adding ground balls. He's kind of learning that he he can get beat when he leaves it up. And so, no, I, I don't know that it's going to be a huge problem for him. And then obviously there has it has been an issue. He's got a one-one homer per nine, and that's been a big part of what's killing Smarja is that he just gives up homers after homers it seems so he's got a 485 era and a 129 whip that's a terrible season and when you are talking about contract negotiations like i said he's going to get i I said a good contract that doesn't really mean anything because they're they're all good they're all pretty pretty wealthy uh but you know you look at two of his last three years and he has this year with the 485 the year uh 2013 434 135 the 2014 season stands out as the outlier. So even when he and his agent are trying to say, listen, I've shown that I can be great. It's like, yeah, but your, your other years around it are saying that 
you're likely not to be great. So I guess it is a legitimate question as to what kind of contract he, he gets. He could end up being a discount to somebody, though, because if he doesn't get a great contract and he can recapture that 2014 level, maybe in a more pitcher-friendly park, then all of a sudden we're talking about the stud again. I, I'm, I'm, I like Samarjo a lot, but this year's just been very frustrating watching him pitch. It has been, and then the same thing—the same thing that plaguing Scherzer and, and Hernandez. Uh, you know, Felix is actually getting a start skip tomorrow. He's supposed to pitch uh, against the Astros, which has normally been a very good matchup for him, uh, and he is not. They're pushing—they're pushing him back. Lloyd McClendon said that it is something that he did last year, and Felix went on to have his best September of his career. Like, okay, but great. You lose the Cy Young in September. You're 18 games out of first place. Like, this best September is going to matter. Frankly, I would be resting him as much as possible and, and punting for 2016, but so, that's just me. Uh, yeah, no, that, that that's – that's I completely get that. But he had a, you know, he, he did there. win three games a month, but he had a 660 ERA, and then Scherzer went winless with a 643. So it, these are guys – Homer monster. That, that's yeah, I mean, but these him. are both guys – these are both guys that were taken in the – in that didn't make it out of the second round. They were going back to back in some places, but these were top 24 picks Mm -hmm. and down the stretch when you need them the most, they suck. Yeah. Scherzer with the seven home runs. I mean, there's reason for hope that he can get it fixed, but he has to fix it though, too. You can't just, there's a 30% strikeout rate and a 6% walk rate in August. That kind of calms your fears, but seven homers in 28 innings, three multi homer games, um, and, and crazily enough, he actually came out un- relatively unscathed with the baseline quality starting Colorado. It actually could have been worse uh, with his home run issues if Colorado had had taken advantage. But um, that, yeah, it's scary. There's no way you can look back and say that Scherzer's having a bad year or anything. But like you said, you need the point. You, you need the the stuff right now. It 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 all adds up in Roto, and 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 you, you look at it that way. But the fact that you're getting some of his worst starts now can lose you points. It's not like a, uh, a, a points league w- w- for hitters where you can't really lose points. You're just always accumulating, accumulating. In Roto, with mm-hmm. the ratios, you could, you could start going down uh, pretty rapidly. And a 643 ERA in 28 innings is not going to murder your season, but it certainly stings from your absolute best pitcher, uh, which Scherzer is for any, any fantasy team right now. So, yeah, it is a real bummer. But if he can cure yeah. those home run woes, he'll give you a big strong September, but the thing of it is, I'm looking back now. The home run woes aren't necessarily new. He had a couple multi-homer games in July as well. It's, yep. re- it's really been the homer all year that when teams get to him, uh, get to Scherzer, it's it's via the home run. And again, Joe Kelly's ERA in August was four runs lower than Felix Hernandez's. Just wrap that, wrap your head around that one. To use some my my least favorite business term ever. Um, <laughs> Oh God, I hear that in so many meetings we'll and it drives me we'll insane. We'll take that offline. We'll take that offline. Oh yes. We'll, we'll, yes. It's not in our, it's not in our ecosystem. Oh um, my God. I don't have the bandwidth for that. I, <laughs> I, I don't miss. Oh my God. Pennsylvania's running this Japanese team out, out of the game here with a grand slam seven to two. Um, Speaking of minor leaguers, or excuse me, little leaguers, or, or or major leaguers that play like little leaguers, let's talk about Mike Zanino. That was <laughs> that, that was that was me. Uh, that was cold. That was mean to the little leaguers because this guy just jacked a, a, a no doubt grand slam. Uh, Mike Zanino, man, I wish someone would have told me not to draft this guy. Except, yeah, I know, right? Except that was one. That was one of your easiest best calls. I mean. Slam dunk. E- easiest in that you saw the data, you put it out there, and, and people still didn't listen. So I guess it wasn't that easy because there was still a lot of hype behind this guy. Even after uh, everything that you had put out there was pretty clear. And it's like, man, he got he got a real pass. Zanino, some of his love. Whew. Oh, the kid knew it was gone right away too. Uh, anyway, 34% strikeout rate, 1% higher than last year. He improved his walk rate by a percentage. Jason, the crazy thing about Zanino this year, you pointed out how uh, he wasn't, uh, he couldn't hit anything with the slightest wrinkle. This year, the fastballs killed him too. He couldn't even, he couldn't even catch up to speed now and turn that around. Obviously, he's sent down now. Yeah, you can gloat if you want. This, like I said, you had this slam dunked though. I was talking about when can you talk about guys not having good seasons. This one was slam dunked pretty April early. April seventh. Yeah, pretty <laughs> freaking early on on Zanino. But uh, it's been a nightmare. What, what's the what's the future looking like for him now? It's it gonna be 25 next year. Still young. I'm not I'm not gonna write him off entirely when you got that kind of pop 
and, and just say he can't ever be good, but I'm certainly not anywhere near drafting him right now in any league format. His future is J.P. Aaron Sibia. That's oh, what he no. you know, or Ron Karkovice. If we go back a little bit, because because Zanino is a good defense. He's a good defensive catcher. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's really worked. He's a good receiver. That works for him. Yeah. Okay, but he is. He, that's what he is. He's a second string. I don't even know. I mean, I I just dislike the guy so much. I won't even take him as a second catcher in AL only league because I'm I'm beyond the days of punting my second catcher. I want to yeah, have ditto. something there. It's not a complete stiff. Um, but he's a complete stiff. The home runs that he gets are on mistakes or when guys hit fastballs. See, the problem for him is, you know, last year he was so bad on breaking balls and off-speed stuff. So if you like, okay, I'm going to focus on, on trying to do things and try to hit those pitches, well, then you become susceptible to the fastball and you can't catch up to the fastball. And that's what's happened to him this year. He's having trouble. His, his stuff, his overall numbers are, are just complete crap, but it's really bad against fastballs. And, that, and that's what kind of happens. You can't, for a guy that's that bad against a, a, a pitch type, uh, breaking balls, if he were anybody else, you know, if, if he were a first baseman or a corner, any corner guy, outfielder or infielder, with the numbers he had last year, everybody would be like, oh, God, this guy's terrible. But because he's a catcher, oh, he's got, he can do this. But it just the numbers were it's just right. like highly, like you looked at it, it was like J.P. Aaron said be a part two. And Aaron Sibia right now, he's back in the major leagues because the Rays are like, I guess we'll try something. Uh, and they, you know, Kirk Casale's hurt and their other catcher was hurt. So, like, Aaron Sibia is back up at catcher. He was playing first base mostly in, in AAA. Um, but they picked him up like six weeks ago, and now he's now he's uh, playing for them uh, along with Rene Rivera. But that's, that's what Zanino's future is. I don't know. If he's not even worth mentioning on a fantasy show again, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't – I think he's got a, to do a lot to really get mentioned again unless we're talking super deep leagues because it's just not there uh Eno and I have talked about this this next guy Steven Piscotti a, a decent bit um you know you know had a nice breakdown of him when he was first called up I asked him you know how much has changed with the with the hot run he says not too much what are you seeing what, what, what have you got on Piscotti uh anything here to be terribly excited about or 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 just kind of a hot streak Lots of solid contact. I mean, when you look at it, I really honestly don't know what to make of him outside when he hits the ball, he hits it hard because yeah. you see, you see, you know, a very low walk rate uh, and the strikeout, he's almost, he's almost striking out five times for every walk, not a good ratio. Uh, but when he does make contact, he hits it hard. And, and that's, and you look at the position, you look at the, the kind of hidden power again, Jason Hayward's in his walk here. If the Cardinals don't want to sign him back, it could be it could be Piscotti's job. Uh, you know, but the the power's there. One of the things that you have to kind of remember about Piscotti is that he's had to unlearn. He's a Stanford guy. So if you look, go back and look at Kylie McDaniel's breakdown of the Cardinals, I think he had Piscotti number two, and he talked about the Stanford swing. And he, and I know Eno's talked about it on this podcast because mm -hmm. he and I talked about it. But that's a, a Stanford swing kind of guy that he had to that's kind of had to be undone. But he's hitting the ball hard right now, and. As, He's the guy that I would definitely look to grab if you don't have him already for next year's purposes, because if he gets that job in a full time, there's, there's 20 home run potential in that bat. Piscotti or Gritchick? Randall Gritchick? Both? Piscotti. He's younger, right? Um, might be same age. I'm actually pulling Gritchick up right now. Gritchick's issue, you know, Gritchick's kind of similar into what you're saying is that he's smashing the ball. Actually, Gritchick's younger. Um, absolutely obliterating the ball, but he swings and misses even more than Piscotti. Piscotti right, I remember he had a huge swing and miss numbers. That's the thing. Piscotti, I talked about the strike at the walk ratio. If you look at his minor league track record, it's good. No, that, I mean, it's, it's almost one to one. He's yeah. really strong. I, I, th I think that was something that Eno was mentioning actually, that as this 415 BABIP comes down, there might be a bit of an altered approach where, uh, you know, he, he, he does start to bring the strikeout rate down, walk rate up and, and kind of changes, adjusts with the adjustment because the adjustments going to come 415 on base or excuse me 415 uh babbitt obviously not going to continue holy cow this is just getting sad now it's uh 10 to 2 all in the bottom of the first inning for this japanese team oh my god you feel bad when it's the little leaguer like this 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 is not fun when when is this the championship game yes this is the championship and game anybody who does any kind of world war ii jokes oh god i'm gonna be on twitter no i, I will no I don't want to hear. Any oh, of that. you know they're coming. Of course they are, and that's disgusting. No, I, because I, you know, Jap, Jap, Japan went up 2-0 uh, 
and obviously hadn't been feeling good in the top of the first. And, they, and it, it's 10-2 still in the bottom of the first. It's like one thing if, if Pennsylvania comes back and wins 10-2 over the course of the next six innings, but to drop a 10 spot on the bottom of the first on these kids, that's that's brutal. Is there a mercy rule that you're aware of? I'm, I'm there, serious. After four innings, I believe it's 10 runs after four innings, unless okay. it's something that it, it doesn't count in the championship game. But I know early on it was 10 runs after four innings. That is that is tough. These kids are ridiculous. I'm going to pick up some of these Pennsylvania kids on my team. This Cole Wagner kid has a better swing than half the guys I watch every night. Uh, so I'm, I'm picking him up. Hang on. That's, we got to pause the podcast so I can go pick this guy up. Oh, he's not even in the Yahoo system. <laughs> what the – God, man. They say, they, they say they're a good system and they're just not. No, I'm just kidding, Yahoo. I, I'm actually fine with, with all the systems. To be honest, I use all three of them. That's how many fantasy leagues I play in, folks. I am absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's keep moving along, Jason. We got we still got plenty of guys to talk about. Lots of stuff going on. Steven Strasburg getting trashed as a piece of garbage uh, per usual. Anytime he struggles, does anyone get it harder when they struggle as a stud from in, in the in the upper echelon? Let's say the top 20 pitchers, whatever you are. A lot of you are barking at your phone saying, he's not even a top 20 pitcher. Yes, he is. Shut up. He Don't was talk. drafted in the second round. Don't talk. Put your phone down. Shh, 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 shh. Stop saying that. You're, you're wrong. You're wrong. He is a top 20 pitcher. Absolutely. Listen, first 10 starts of the year, garbage preceding the injury. I don't know how much of the injury was playing a role in those uh, in those starts, but they were bad. There's no real There's no real denying that. Comes back, starts to look good, gets hurt again, has been great pretty much in his in his last seven starts prior to this one. So you have 10 bad, seven great, another bad. Why does he get labeled as such a failure loser every single time he has a tough outing? Because he's Mark Pryor 2.0. Oh, my God. That is the – Everyone views him like that. I didn't even – I never – for some reason, I never heard that. Uh, oh, really? It's so Oh, yeah, he's Mark Pryor 2.0. Yes. God, that is the perfect fit. Yes. Nothing will be good enough ever. Wow, yeah, that's no. I that's mean, everybody, he's you know the one one. You know, Mark, yeah. if Mark Appel were up here struggling like that, that would happen. For, it would happen with Mark Appel too, because you know, again, one one. Who was he drafted over? At least with, at least with um, Strasburg, it wasn't like he was drafted over anyone else. Like, oh my God, how did you draft him that's over true. that? Guy? He was the. It's just hit. that when, when you're drafted where he was, you expect a certain thing, and it's like you look at him and you're like. But that stuff, that you know, that fastball, that curveball, that changeup. Why do you suck like this? Yeah. But it's it's just really for him. It's start to start. You don't know what's going on. I know, but then the bottom line is still quite great. I mean, you look at everything that he's done. It still adds up to a very very good pitcher. So I just, I don't know. I'm definitely a Strasburg defender, but uh, it it boggles my mind. I guess you know. Maybe if he struggled more, Garrett Cole would get that same heat. But, you know, Garrett Cole was not amazing over the moon last year with a 365 ERA. And I don't think that he got obliterated like this every time he had a tough start. Right. So, I don't know. I think Strasburg takes a little bit more heat than than is necessary. But, uh, hey, maybe that's just part of being the 1-1, like, you, like you're saying. Uh, Jason, let's talk briefly because it's kind of like the same story as last year about Matt Kemp. Uh, you know, a lot of folks were talking, can he have another big second half? Based solely on the fact that he had a big second half last year, which I've done that same sort of thing before, so I get it. Hey, last year this pattern played out. Is it going to play out similarly this year? Well, it actually is. Um, not quite to the same level. I think he was out of his mind in the second half last year, but it's been really good in, in this year's second half for Matt Kemp. He had eight bombs and a 674 OPS in the first half, 374 plate appearances. In the second half already, he has eight home runs and an 890 OPS. So what do you think of Matt Kemp in the second half? Is it just all about health with him? And if, and if we can get a read on how healthy he is, he'll be great. Or is it something more? Uh, yeah, really health is always a, a one thing. Like I didn't, I have zero shares of him and I remember vividly remembering skipping on him in a couple of drafts going, yeah, no, 
don't want anything to do there. Yep. Uh, it, it's just not anything I want to be involved with. I'm just going to go ahead and skip that and be done with that. Well, I did the um, same, and I'd have a single tier roll down because I, I, I adored Matt Kemp in the late 2000 or the late double zeros or whatever the heck you call that. Uh, 2008, to 2011, the aughts. Yeah, the, the aughts. Uh, in that era, and I guess into the early 10s because it's 11 and 12 seasons, I, I was all aboard the, the Matt Kemp train pretty early and stuck around for the breakout. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I looked at him too, and I'd say, God, there's Matt Kemp, but nope. And, I, it, and it was an easy pass. And uh, maybe maybe, I'm, maybe I missed the ball. Although he, his stock started getting really high late in draft season, I remember too. And he's going to need another big month to really justify that. His, his OPS for the season for Kemp is still only at 736. Right. I mean, when you look at a couple of things, he's not chasing pitches. If you look at his first, his first half chase rate was 36%. Uh, it's down to 32. Not like that's terrific, but it's improvement. And that's kind of what you're looking for um, out of him. And he's just making more contact within the zone on pitches, too. Uh, sometimes you see guys giving up good pitches to chase bad ones. And, and he's doing less of that, which is uh, which is a good thing to see from him. And again, the overall you mentioned some of the overall improvement from the OPS improvements been up almost 300 points um, in this second half. And uh, t- looking at 28 extra base hits in the first half, and he's already at 17 now in half the play in less than half the playing yeah. time. So that works out in his favor too. Uh, you know, total bases 133 in the first half, 79 in the second half. He could almost pass that uh, if he continues, like you said, with a good September. Now here's the question. So in in 10 and 12 team mixers, maybe 12 is is out of the realm here, but in 10 team mixers, how many stuck around with him? Because how, how many guys that drafted him are getting this after a 437 May OPS and, and a 726 in June wasn't that much better? He, uh, you know, he had one homer through the first two months. Do you think folks stuck around? No, I think a lot of folks traded him. I wish I could go look and see, you know, go back and look at a, some of the deals that have been done with Matt Camp. <laughs> like if you go to CBS and see, I'm, I'm going to try to pull up the one CBS league that I'm in now. It's an AL league. I'm not sure if I can see if I can see what it is. If you can see his deals, some, yeah, see who uh, somebody that somebody that uh, traded him, but I can't. It's not cooperating. So, so we'll you, you know, from that point on, from from June 1st on, you're looking at 15 bombs for Kemp and about an 820 OPS. So I, I imagine there's a lot of situations in the, in those shallower mixed leagues where he was picked up by somebody around. You know, maybe not at on June 1st because there'd be no real desire or or reason to pick him up on that specific date before he got going but after a couple of those homers in june at five total uh maybe somebody jumped on board and they've gotten a decent outfielder for me still owned in 99 percent of leagues and started in 90 yeah for me cbs for me i just i don't know that i'm ever going to have much matt uh any matt camp shares the rest of the way because the health is always going to to really scare me off. Uh, Jason, I want to move over to the, to the Yankees game today. It was two, two intriguing starters for me, Nathan Eovaldi and Julio Tehran. Tehran was having an amazing season at home and was starting to turn it on on the road and so, you know really start to look like his 2013-2014 uh, self regardless of venue. Well, the Yankees exploded again. They're, they're starting to get their feet back under them offensively. Uh, three bombs off of, off of Tehran. Eight runs, nine hits, and four and a third. Nightmare night, uh, nightmare day for him. Ivaldi wasn't much better, but thankfully, you know, his team gave him a nice cushion. He gave up five runs and five innings on eight hits, seven strikeouts though. So definitely, like, you know, there. It seems that even when Ivaldi, outside of that really awful one in Miami, two thirds of an inning, eight runs, but but pretty much since that point, it seems that even when he isn't at his best, he gives you a little something. Whether it's a he gets some of the, the best w. run support in yeah. baseball. Too. You're probably going to get the W here. So he either gives you the W. Uh, or some K's, or or both of those two things. Even when he's giving up some runs and hits, you gotta like that. So you're gonna get a two WHIP and a nine ERA today out of Eovaldi, but you you got seven K's and you might pull a W. I, I mean, that, there's no planning for the crazy win loss record that he has, but he is keep maintaining value because of it. Uh, and and you know, I think you can bet on it for the rest of the year at least. It's not something I would I would make my uh, decisions on him for 2016 for Eovaldi, but for the rest of this year, I think yeah, you, you can you can feel comfortable that he's going to get good run support, so that even in his non-quality starts, he's got a chance to pull a W. Well, he's going to be 14 and two with the 4.17 ERA. <laughs> Did and Randy I mean, Johnson? You know, 
Eno's piece this week about him and the splitters was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how he's using that. We talked about him using that splitter. He started using it more last year, and he was, he was part of the new pitch discussion that we had. But he's he's changed the splitter within the season, as Eno's article pointed out, which made it look even better because early on he just wasn't getting that stuff, and then it started working for him, and it started and it's, it's about gotten progressively better for him. And this and the 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 Atlanta lineup is prime if you want to get your strikeouts. And he the only the only guy he struck out twice was Jace Peterson. Um, well, at least, yeah, because he has all seven strikeouts for the Yankees today. Uh, so that's the only guy he struck out twice. But that that's the thing about Ivaldi, and he was on my very very short list of AL pitchers that I wanted. I just didn't get him because I never I never needed I never got that far. Down my list, I had a list of eight yeah. starting pitchers, and Evaldi was in my eight that I wanted, but I just never needed to get to him because I got my other guys. I mean, I got Hutchison, who's thirteen and two as well, so it works out as well. It works out nicely there. But I sure would have liked Evaldi instead of some of the other guys, uh, Shane Green, <laughs> uh, that I uh, ended up with. Kill myself. God, God, never gonna work that one off. I still got people. I told Dino the other day. I still got people hammering me on TJ House. Dude hasn't pitched since like mid. Mid-August or mid-April, excuse me. <laughs> oh man, this this Japanese team, man, they they they're keeping their chins up. They just got a three-run bomb. This game's nuts. A lot of great pitching. So you know what's crazy about today, Sunday? Not not a lot of great pitchers going, but the ones who were kind of quality all got smashed. Uh, see me. Oh, except for Syndergaard, he wasn't too bad. Except for Shield. Uh, Shield's all right against Phil. Oh, yeah. except for Syndergaard, he gave up a bomb. Bomb to David Ortiz. Oh, I'm, that doesn't surprise it me. It was crushed. I was at the gym and I had to turn around and I just see Ortiz in full extension. I'm like, where's that one going to land? And just I, destroyed it. I, he passed I, Luke Gehrig and Fred McGriff with that. That was his 28th of the year for, for Ortiz. His line. Remember, he's, he's dead too. I was going to say, speaking of another guy, and again, I think there were maybe reasons to kind of say that sort of stuff. I wasn't out there. I'm not going to say I was out there saying, guys, don't write him off. I kind of get it. But then we're all proven wrong when when he explodes. And I don't know what the point is. Maybe you just you, you you should err, you know, against ever doing that with with certain guys that have certain track records. You should be careful about saying definitively that they're done. Say, hey, things aren't good right now. And unless changes X, Y and Z occur, it's not going to happen. But some of the definitive writing off of guys or, or stamping their season as something uh, only to kind of get changed uh, later. It's crazy. Oh, God, another homer back to back for for Japan. <laughs> this 10-6. This game is this game is nuts. By Absolutely. the way, the. Uh... Irvin Santana, six scoreless innings today against the Astros with nine strikeouts. Very nice outing for him so far. Uh, but very, very predictable that he would be striking out a bunch of Astros. That's true. Uh, I mean, Irvin Santana has looked awful. Uh, awful. So bad. So, so bad. And he comes out and does this against the Astros. It's a, it's a team that he's perfect. If if I would have played daily today, this would have been one I would have been all over. Because Irvin Santana feasts on teams that chase. This would and it's basically please chase my slider, please chase my slider. And he struck out Gaddis twice today. He's got Rasmus twice today, so it has worked out really well uh, for him. And uh, yeah, so you good know, for him. Maybe it's something to turn around. But you know, because I've been no waiting. walks either because his command has been off. I mean, everything about Irvin Santana been has been awful. It's been so bad. And, and, and funny that you mentioned we're talking about you know when to cut cut the guy or or, or start stamping something. I was like, hey. I'm I'm off the train. I was waiting for the, the the these first good number of starts. I was like, no no no. There's been some bad ones. He'll come out of it. He's got a proven skill set. And then I I cut him in a league. I'm like, you know what? I can't I can't do it. He's killing me. And uh, of course goes out and has his best start there. Six scoreless, like you said, six hits, nine runs. McCullers on the other end doing pretty well. Not not too bad. Five and a third, two hits, three walks, one run, five strikeouts. Uh, he's been he's looked great since returning from the minors. Looks right. like that that awful start at Texas was just that. It was just it was just a bad day, and it happened to coincide with uh, them having a good chance to say, "Listen, we're going to use this as a way to give you a breather, send you down." I don't I don't think that. I think it was just a timing thing. I, I'm I'm not sure that even if he'd had a great start, that he wouldn't have been sent down for a break anyway, because they want to have him for this stretch run for McCullers. So, uh, I remember uh, Derek Holland, uh, nice outing so far today, is uh, into the fourth inning with six strikeouts, no runs, no walks, and just one hit against the the Orioles. Who what two weeks ago everybody was like, here comes the Orioles. I thought and so too, actually. I'm, there goes the Orioles. They're three they games go. below, and they, and they and they've got one hit into the fourth inning today. And Miguel Gonzalez has allowed seven base runners and three runs That's through three innings. Thing. 
they just don't have enough pitching. Even you know, Gaussman yep. been doing some better things. Wei Yin Chen keeping the the, the weak contact train going, but it, they just don't. They can't. And Ubaldo, that that train fell off the tracks. Who could have guessed that? Besides everybody ever. Who even? Hey, do you realize that both Chris Davises have ten home runs this month? That's insane. Both of them do. Really? I mean, Chris. Chris with a C, everybody would have been like, eh, but yeah. Chris with a K, we saw him hitting 10 Chris home runs. Chris with a K is out of his mind, man. That That's great. Yeah. I mean, he's having a great – I want to jump back to Holland real quickly. Um, you know, he survived a Toronto start, even though he gave up three bombs to he them. Could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He survived against them is six innings, four runs, with especially when you gave up three homers because, you know, you, you avoided too much damage with the guys on, uh, on base there. But uh, was great in a start against Seattle. Looking sharp since returning here. Um, I, this is somebody I'm definitely buying in on for a big for a big September. I think he's going to be good for them. Um, you mentioned that the Orioles fall, have fallen out. Uh, Texas is obviously a team that's right there. They're, oh, my God, 10-7. They just hit another home run. <laughs> this game is ridiculous. I guess they – I don't have to feel bad for them. They're not feeling sorry for themselves, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, so the Rangers are currently holding the spot. You know the team that won't die, though, is the Twins. And I've written them off you know, a couple different times. First off, I've, I've never bought into them, but then they finally had a little bit of a skid. I'm like, well, there they go. No, they keep sticking around. Any chance they've got another month in them? I mean, they're doing what they're doing now. I think some of it's schedule-wise because they played Baltimore and swept them. They played the Rays and swept them and pretty much dominated. I think they swept them. Yeah. I forgot. Wasn't it a four-game or two and, and with a, some big some big scores? Uh, a couple of them was a huge score. I mean, Miguel Sano has been out of his mind. <laughs> what do you think about that catwalk one that was oh, the launch angle in the, in the estimated distance? Well, forget that. I mean, during batting practice, he hit the banners that hang oh above the God. second deck. And I, nobody nobody's hit those in a game. But he was hitting them up there. And I, I've seen William Pena hit the flag that's over to the right of that. And then I was told that Mark Reynolds has hit those banners, in back, which is no surprise with Mark Reynolds. No, but the, the, Sano's power is ridiculous. I mean, you go back and look at the home run um, that he hit in the first game of the series. I could hear it because I was driving in the car um, out to Tennessee, and I could hear the contact on the radio. And it was the dead center field. I f- forgot who gave it up, but it was just you could hear the contact. You're like, oh, that's gone. You don't even need to see it. And you could hear it. And you're like, wow. Uh, it was disgusting. Uh, so I had it wrong. Uh, they, they went into Baltimore, took four, came into Tampa Bay. 11-7 was the big score one. Five to three, they won, and then they lost the last game five to four. So they okay, took so it wasn't three, sweet. And they're trying to take the rubber game here against Houston, which obviously would be a huge victory. Sp- speaking to your point about schedule, they get the White Sox uh, to open the month, and then they go to Houston and KC. That's going to be tough. That's going to, I don't want to say it's going to be their season because it's not because they have a ton more games. But those six games, if they can come out of those as winners, if Minnesota can go four and two in those games. I think that would be a great driving force for the rest of their season because then they got the Sox, Detroit, Angels, Cleveland, Detroit, Indians, and then they end with KC. Um, and KC might be, you know, not not rolling over, but certainly not playing at their peak because they could be resting guys during the, that series, kind of setting things up uh, for the playoffs. Because obviously, barring something absolutely insane they're going to the playoffs as the uh what number one seed in the american league right i think they've got they have to lose what like 20 games in september to lose the division to not go to the playoffs they'd have to lose yeah some untold number to lose the number one seed toronto would have to catch them they have a six game edge on them right now so that's definitely not guaranteed but they they're not going to the wild card they're playing they're playing as a division uh winner for sure so yeah, we'll see on the Twins. Sano's power is amazing. You know, they're getting contributions here and there. You know, weirdly enough, Mike Pelfrey's been amazing at home. I don't get that. I don't. I don't buy it. But it it it's it's working. You know, you got a, a two something ERA in in 15 starts. Uh, there. They, they count. They're already in the bank, so it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't know what to make. But uh, as we enter the last month, Jason, we have some battles that are all settled. And, and this is a little bit outside of fantasy, more of the, the, the real game aspect. But who do, you, who, do you, who do you have making the playoffs? If you redid it right now, obviously you get, to, you get five months of work for your projections. Who are – by the way, Japan has just scored one run will score. Two runs will score. It's 10 to 9 this game. I will say it for the 50 millionth time is – 
insane. And there's only one out right. with a man on second. Now I gotta watch it after we're done. But anyway, yeah, uh, give me give me your give me your your wild card winners and your division winners with one month to go. Um, division winners. Toronto's gonna win it. Kansas City's obviously gonna win it, and Houston will win it. Like that. Uh, wild card is going to be the Yankees hosting the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Really, I, I mean, I, I see the point. That's chalk. I just don't know what Minnesota's rest of the schedule. It just looks like it, it's Texas. I want to see what Texas and Minnesota like strength of schedule the rest of the way. Everybody else is well. Defenders. It's going to be one of those two. I think. I think we're down to six playoff teams in the American League. With with September, you, if you want to think of strength of schedule, just think of strength of division because it's going to be a lot like. Uh, the first month of the season where there's just a ton of division. I think I mentioned in that Minnesota schedule, the only team that they played out of division was a, was an Angels series. And uh, the Rangers have – they open with a uh, finish uh, of San Diego series, which starts tomorrow. And then they're at L.A., at Seattle, home to Oakland and Houston and Seattle all in a row. Then back out on the road to Oakland, Houston. Their only out of division is uh, three in Detroit. And then they end with four – in Anaheim, which could be or against at, Anaheim. And the Twins have six more against Kansas City, three more at Kansas City in the, in the early September, and they finish the season in Kansas City. Yes. But going into that, they, you know, their games 150 to 159, Cleveland, Detroit, Cleveland. Yes. And, so and that so. plays, you know, that plays a little bit in their favor when, when, you, when you stare that down. And then you look at, I mean, the Angels and Rangers could be facing off against one another. Uh, for that last spot, if the Angels pull their heads out of their butts, um, That's not true. optimistic about that. No, I, I but there's a they lot. The pitching. Yeah, and the Rangers and Astros have seven games left against one another. So there's, I mean, there's an outside possibility that they could take the division, but they've got to win five of those, a minimum of five of those seven games. Well, they got a four gamer at home. And that's right in the middle of the month there. And that will kind of, that could be, right. you know, kind of the decide not again, not the decider, but just a key series that could really set them off one way or the other. If they take that four game, let's look at this big road trip. They got a 10 game road trip starting tomorrow. That's, as you were saying. that's going to be clutch. That's going to be huge for them. How they go on the road, because then they come home for 10 and then they finish with seven games, 156 to 160. They finish at home with two teams that are likely going to be out of it in Detroit and LA. So, yeah, um, but that's where I look at the American League, and then uh, what do you National. The oh yeah, by the way, we have not mentioned, but Team Cletus is officially done for the year, and I'm heartbroken. I'm sorry, and for those that don't know, that is Clay Buckholtz. Uh, he looks like Cletus from The Simpsons, which is why we say that. Heartbroken, done for the year. I had officially dropped him in two leagues, and I was just like, it pained me to do it. I'm like, no, 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 was no. To say some polite things, and then of course he gets hurt. And that's part of my problem with him too, is that he's he hasn't been able to stay on the on the mound. That's been part of the issue with Buckholtz. But yeah, he was having a good season and he was actually rolling. I mean, he was pitching very well. I've even considered him considered using him on my Diamond Dynasty team in MLB the show in your honor, but I can't pull the trigger. Maybe if I do I'll do what he's doing what Joe Kelly's doing now. Or he was doing that. Uh, National League uh the Mets have way too much of a cushion to blow that they can't. They possibly, and the Nationals keep shooting themselves in the foot. It's funny to see Matt Williams go for manager of the year too unemployed on October 5th. But if he doesn't get fired, I don't know what they're going to do. I think that could very well be the case. Yep. Uh, and then all the wild, the rest of it, then L.A. will win the West. And then everything else is coming from the Central. And 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 you're just going to say maybe maybe Pittsburgh catches them, but it's going to be those three teams. Yeah, it's going to be those three. Now, let's, let's say it holds the way it does. Who... Chicago, do you go Lester or you go Arietta with the one game playoff? The battle. Um, I I I go with Arietta personally. So do I. Uh, you know, I I I don't fault anyone on the other side if they're saying that they would rather go with Lester. And I don't I don't think that that's a, a crazy position to hold. But um, I, I feel like Pittsburgh's better against lefties. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about some of their best players. If, the, if you think about just their two best right off the cusp, for me, it's uh, it's McCutcheon and Marte. And they absolutely dominate lefties. Jungle Gong's good against lefties. Now, they're a good offense no matter what. So they're going to put, put a formidable challenge on either pitcher. But for me, it's it's Arietta. I, I, I think he does have – now, you know, you do have that piece where – Lester is used to this stuff. He he knows how to handle it. He was in last year's wild card game, of course. Uh, it didn't go so well for him too. So I don't know if that even plays a role. But for me, it's Arietta. I agree. Yeah, it is. It is for me too. 
but it would be a phenomenal thing to watch. It would suck that one of them's got to go out uh, because I think both are playing some excellent baseball. I, uh, not that the Cardinals aren't, but it, it'll suck that they're both. You know, the Mets are obviously enjoying the playing in their division. If you look at their stuff outside of their division, it's pretty much crap. Sure. I mean, they are they're loading up on their bad division, and it works out for them well. Um, I think uh, Joe wrote a. About that, but you look at I'm looking at the Pirates and the Cardinals. They play each other this next weekend, a three game set, and then they have a three game set to start off the final week of the season. So there's six games left. They're three and a half back, uh, and they they control their own. That's another one. You win four or six, you win both those series, and then you're really in you're really in a good position. And then they finish the season with Cincinnati. Um, so that'll be nice. Pittsburgh's got us some games. Their road trip, their road games left are at Milwaukee, winnable, obviously. Um, Cincinnati winnable uh the three at st louis critical and then you've got the three against the dodgers the three against the rockies the three against the cubs um again critical because that could determine who's hosting and who's uh, playing on the road for the wild card mm -hmm. and um then you got the st louis so that right so, there september 25th to the 20 uh, to the 30th games 153 153 to 158 critical part of their schedule do you think that there should be something and i, I want to say that, that, that this is a rule in football or maybe not maybe i'm wrong but do you think that the wild card should uh, the division winner the, the the number one seed do you think they should have to play the wild card if it's in their division or do you think that's an unfair thing is what i'm trying to say i guess do you think that that's somehow a, an unfair advantage or disadvantage against them since that team, that wild card team is going to be intimately familiar with them. I've heard some of the grumblings about, you know, that's unfair for the cards. They're going to get the number one seed. Then they have to turn around and face one of these two clubs, which are better than the division winners. Should it be record or should division wild card? I thought the card... NFL did away with that. I thought the I, NFL did away did. with that. I think, I think they did. That's why I thought I was wrong. But I think it was something that they had in the past where they wouldn't end up meeting right away. But do you think that uh, the cards should be able to play the Mets with the worst record of the playoff? teams or yes. it doesn't okay because it, it would seem like that's a, a better situation overall I don't know I mean you're, they're trying to reward them for I mean you still get the reward for winning the division you're not playing in the wild card game Mets but you do have to go play the one seed because you have the worst record I think that would be right. the right way to do it but either way that uh, that LDS between the two central teams uh, is going to be amazing I, I I really hope it lives up I I, I you know, sometimes when we build these things up in baseball, they end up being stinkers. It's going to be 4-0 Cardinals, and everyone's going to freaking be irate. But uh, I really hope it lives up to the billing because it could be unreal. But, Jason, we're going to get out of here. Coming to you guys early on a Sunday. Uh, so hopefully you can enjoy this as you're winding down your weekend. But otherwise, we will be back in a week. I'll be back with Eno on Tuesday. Jason, have a great week. Hey, you too, man. All right, bye.